Well, I have always been a nerd for technology since I was a little girl. I've always been in love with it. And um, God called me to ministry probably when I was around 19 years old. Jesus, I should say, I'll start there, became Lord of my life when I was 17. Yeah. And and I fell in love with ministry. I fell in love with the church. And then in, when I was called to ministry and I started actually working in ministry as a uh, as a preacher at 21, uh, you know, I just did little things here and there. I was preaching. I still preach. Uh, but there became a, a space opened up in my church for me to begin to work in media. And so I just kind of started doing the announcements. Uh, and, and from there, I just elevated in various positions and now I serve as the pastor of digital ministry and technology where I oversee the entire department and so I, over the years I have watched how God has married my love for technology with my passion and my call for ministry. What is up, my family? This is your boy, DK Hammonds. And normally I would have two other heads, some co-hosts, Nils and Heron. They are not with me because I get to interview one of the greatest minds in this space, Dr. Stacy. We're going to talk about digital theology. We're going to talk about theology technology. And we're going to talk about digital discipleship today at Social Media Church. So sit back. Tell some friends we're here, because it's about to go all the way up in just a second. So, Dr. Stacey, welcome Thank to you. the podcast. How you feeling? Thank you for having me, DK. I'm elated to be here. I'm feeling good today. Good. Good, 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 good. Uh, if y'all don't know Dr. Stacey, please follow her on all social media platforms and outlets. Uh, she's going to tell you more about herself in the coming moments. So Dr. Stacy, let's hear more about who you are and how did you become, or how did you connect with like digital theology mm -hmm. and technology? Well, I have always been a nerd for technology since I was a little girl. I've always been in love with it. And um, God called me to ministry probably when I was around 19 years old. But I was Jesus, I should say, I'll start there, became Lord of my life when I was 17. Yeah. And and I fell in love with ministry. I fell in love with the church. And then in, when I was called to ministry and I started actually working in ministry as a uh, as a preacher at 21, uh, you know, I just did little things here and there. I was preaching. I still preach. Uh, but there became a, a space opened up in my church for me to begin to work in media. And so I just kind of started doing the announcements. Uh, and, and from there, I've just elevated in various positions. And now I serve as the pastor of digital ministry and technology where I oversee the entire department. And so I, over the years, I have watched how God has married my love for technology with my passion and my call for ministry. And so it's just been a wonderful, wonderful journey. I tell you, God is blowing my mind with how God can take your your gifts and and allow them to really make room for you. And so the crux of who I am uh, is that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord of my life. I love people. I love preaching. I love my call. And I love technology. And every day I get to figure out how to mesh the two and 
do so in a way in a way that expands the kingdom of God. Amazing. Amazing. So you get to expand the kingdom of God. We get to expand the kingdom of God right. through tech. Right. Um, so share with us how you're doing it in your context, right? Share with us um, what is, you know, really standing off the pages, what's really something to pay attention to for whether it be a, a, a church that doesn't have versus a church that does. Mm-hmm. Kind of share with us your standpoint in that. Well, um, as we know, technology changes every day. And so the response to that question, I can give you a response today and it will probably be completely different in six months. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll start with the pandemic for us. And I think for so many churches really brought to the forefront, the importance of technology in the church, the importance of what we do with that technology, that we are yeah. not just plugging in cameras. We're not just plugging up microphones. We're not just getting shots correct, you know, but there is something greater behind what we do with media ministries. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I've been trying to drive home um, in my context is how are we using these tools of technology to help disciple people? How are we using it to uh, help get the gospel to people, to help evangelize people? Uh, Because as we were talking offline, I mentioned to you about this idea of a theology of technology that we are just trying to, I've been trying to cultivate within my own context which a theology of technology is just suggesting is asking the why we do what we do, uh, because I believe that theology undergirds how, our practices. You know, what we believe about God suggests how we function with the things that we have, if you will. And so, yeah, I think that's I think that's so cool because mm-hmm. many people don't many people in various contexts mm-hmm. think that, OK, it's just tech. And it's like, no, we don't divorce. Right the theology that we have right. and the technology that we produce. Correct. We bring a full thought process mm-hmm. in our theology right. that produces itself through our technology. Right. And so I think a lot of churches, like you mentioned through the pandemic, are trying to kind of figure out what is our theology mm-hmm. as it relates to technology. So mm-hmm. if you were thinking of three things, that should be a part of theology and technology. Mm-hmm. What would be those three things that would undergird what you what you see? So, right. Okay. So what came to mind when you mentioned that, I may not be able to give you three things because I, you know, cool. I told you I'm developing this idea here. <laughs> uh, but if I could think about one thing, it has been, uh, when you talk about people, the people who are actually running the technology, it, yeah. there there is a discipling component uh, to the people that work on our staffs. Yes. Because it's not enough for me to understand. It's not enough for me to understand or be in love with God. And I'm and I have wonderful people on my staff. I'll just say they love their Christian. They love God. But to help them to understand that I'm not just pushing this button. But this is, um, you know, the Bible says that I can't. I think it's in Exodus that God used skilled workers uh, to to create the garments and to do things like that. And so it's, it's more than just me pushing the buttons. Uh, But there is a discipleship component that has to take place behind the scenes with your Mm -hmm. with your staff and with your people to help them understand or to help them dig deep into their own relationship with God so that it becomes more important to them when they are pointing the camera. They understand that this message is going further than the front door of the church. This message may be heard, 
you know, in Africa or it may be her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but we're rolling. I I think about when you, when, when you're saying that, I think about people being disciples. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we have our digital technology, but this is a very primitive principle about doing life with someone and walking through with them the stages of which mm-hmm. they're walking through. So a, a book that comes to mind is called The Multiplication Effect. Mm-hmm. And in that first chapter, it talks about why we are creating a leadership pipeline or a discipleship pipeline to help people see God even through technology mm-hmm. and reach God even through that. And right. so that's helped me kind of you know, navigate and as, as we wrestle and as we imagine openly uh, what that is for us, that helps me mm-hmm. navigate very clearly. Here's our people. Here's what needs to be said. Here's how we need to clip things. Mm-hmm. Here's how we need to present things right. with a very theological approach because the end of the day, what we're trying to build is disciples. It's disciples. Right. That's, that's, that's all that when you're wrestling with that, that's all, that's the end of that principle mm-hmm. is I am using uh, a Nehemiah skill, a tool yeah. to build to up the compel. wall. Right. You know what I'm saying? And compel people to come. Mm-hmm. That is the crux of it. And if right. we're using that, we're able to impact people in mass mm-hmm. because the, the whole point of digital discipleship is to do life with people digitally. Right. Now, how do you or how what ways could people improve on doing life with people digitally? What mm-hmm. has been some of the positives or negatives that you've experienced? Yeah. Um, I think that for people to remember the term hybrid church would kind yes. of remove some of their fear, because I think when people hear that you want to do digital discipleship, when they hear that this is going to be online, this is going to be online. They have a fear that you're trying to remove their in-person experience. Some people, this has been my my yeah. uh, experience. And so what sure. I tell people, and, and I'll go back and say this, part of that is because, you know, technology is a, has a steep learning curve. It can be yes. uh, difficult for people to navigate. And so yes. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both. Uh, yeah. But one of the things that we are trying to do in our context is be intentional uh, mm-hmm. with things we know that we could probably put or do in the digital space. For instance, we have started doing uh, or I continued our Bible study digitally and it's not going back in person uh, because mm-hmm. it works digitally. You know, we have the attendance is far greater. It exceeds what it would in person. Yes. Uh, you know, you can click on from anywhere. The conversation is engaging. And I argue that people are growing in that space and I've said before, um, and stop me when you have to say something. I've no, hey guys, it's Nils, and I am interrupting this episode to highlight one of our platforms, and that is Online Church Builders. You can go to onlinechurchbuilders.com and get a 
fully created, generated uh, strategy for your church with your online presence. And so whether you have an online presence where you want to use online to bring people to your local church or you want to build a global online church community, uh, this strategy will give you uh, the, the roadmap, the plan that you need to follow, the direction you need uh, to build a great online church presence for your church. Uh, I actually built this with my friend Nona Jones, uh, and we are selling it uh, for $249, but you can actually get it for free. Uh, and we are offering the next 100 people who go sign up um, through this podcast. We're not talking about it anywhere else, but to this community, uh, a free uh, online church strategy. There's no strings attached, and there's no upsells. Uh, it's literally just a free strategy that we built. We put a lot of energy and investment into it, and we want to make it available to as many churches as possible. So we've just decided for the next 100 people uh, that sign up, we're going to do it for free. Uh, and in exchange, what we're hoping is that you'll give us feedback uh, on how helpful uh, that strategy is for your church. So go to onlinechurchbuilders.com, get your free online church strategy, uh, and I can't wait to hear how it helps your church. Let's get back to the episode. I've said before that, you know, um, digital discipleship doesn't just look like a six weeks, a six week discipleship training class in person. Right. But mm. it can also happen in the DMs when a when a a congregant is is DMing a pastor and saying this is a crisis happening in my life. And that pastor is ministering to them, you know, yes. through the DMs on Facebook, giving yeah. them resources to help them navigate. So. Discipleship can happen in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be relegated to our in-person space. Uh, I think Dave Adam Adamson uh, yeah. in his book, Meta Church, I think he talks about this with that model versus mission idea. Mm -hmm. I think that's him. I've read so many books lately yeah. on digital discipleship, but I think that's <laughs> him. Um, and, and I think he says that if we are if we hold on to our models so tightly, you know, we'll miss the mission. Miss the mission. Think about what you just said. If we hold on to these models, because models, if they are set up without proper theology and mm -hmm. thought of God, yeah, will be some of them idols. Yeah, yeah. In the in the going in the present and in the future. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you said that. I love that you said how important. The, the hybridness of church is, especially mm -hmm. in your context, mm -hmm. and how vital Bible study is and how it's growing. So let's mm -hmm. talk about that because I know it's some pastors on every spectrum right now mm -hmm. trying to figure out what works. Should we have the in-person? Should we have the hybrid? Should we not have none of that? What works in the Bible? So what, what were some things that kind of keyed you in to say, hey, man, this is really working mm -hmm. for us? As it relates to Bible study, well, the, the attendance, you know, on we we hope we host our Bible study on Zoom, and so the yeah. first night, it was absolutely double, if not a little more than double, what it probably would have been in person. Wow. Now, location might work against us a little bit, my church, my context, because we yes. are on really the other side of town. We're a commuter church. Most right. people who attend are driving in twenty, thirty minutes, gotcha. and so. People are going to come on Sundays, yes. you know, even there. A lot of people stay at home sometimes. It just depends. You know, we can talk about right. that too. <laughs> people have not come back yet. <laughs> I don't know where they are. We get they... There. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
And so then if we know people are only coming on Sundays or going to come to the church, to the physical location on Sunday, they don't want to drive back Tuesday or Wednesday, or they don't want to come Tuesday for Bible study, then Wednesday for choir rehearsal. And so if we can help to alleviate some of that and just accept what the times are. And, and, you know, the Bible says that the sons of Issachar understood the times and they knew what to do. This is about understanding the times and reworking our models, not, Mm -hmm. And I always say this is not that the medium is trying to taint the message. It's just that you're going to use the medium to propel that message. Right. So you get on, get online and have your Bible study. God, God is not going to come off the throne if we meet online (laughs) for Bible study. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's so, I think that's so crucial because I know that some pastors are listening right now saying to themselves, Hey man, I just want people to come back. And I, and Mm -hmm. I know they want them to come back to have community. I want them to come back to have community and fellowship. Right. be one with the church and be one as we build. Uh, but one way to drive people more into church on a Sunday, which will drive them more to church throughout the week, is offer that online experience. I- I'll tell you, since you're sharing so much, I'll tell you a thing mm-hmm. that I think a lot of churches should consider. Mm-hmm. I do, just consider. Consider some of the things that are uh, associated in assimilation and what could be automated Mm-hmm. And then what could be done at any point? Example, let's say that I want to uh, have have a prayer of salvation, right? Does that really require a full meeting in the back for 25 minutes? Right. It doesn't. Could we put that on a video and make sure we have the same thing every single time? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that eliminates some of that stuff that we can have right. more one-on-one time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe... I want to be baptized. Could you give me a video that could educate me? And then you, you know, come back that direction in theology mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I know you saw the video, but I want to make sure you understand what you've heard, what you've seen, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now we have a whole thing where things are totally streamlined and people understand process and they're able to get engaged along the pathway or journey to become what you mentioned, a disciple, a leader, a preacher, mm-hmm a teacher to really Mm -hmm. upbuild the kingdom of God. So I think that's so dope. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. I think you're dead on. Uh, Again, if we, if we don't figure out a way to rework our models, uh, the church is going to be behind even more. The church is already usually, I was at a conference about a couple weeks ago, a media conference, and they were talking about how the church is always about 40 years behind the world. Um, um, and it's not that we are trying to be of the world. The Bible says be in the world, but not of it. We get it. We're not trying to yes. be of the world. But yes. I just believe that God is it is not it is a part of God's plan for us to use some of these tools that are at our disposal so that we can get God's message out. And so good. If, 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 so now we're talking about tools, tools, yeah. tools to help us better communicate theology through right. technology. Right. Right. What are some tools that you've had some success with? And maybe some tools that you like, uh, maybe not yet. Show um, us some of those tools. Some of those tools would be obviously social media. Uh, no. I still think, I still believe in Facebook with all of its flaws. I, <laughs> I still believe that for us, now this is contextual. I think the digital ministry is contextual in a bit because sure. what's going to work for CNBC 
uh, Christ Missionary. Shout out to my pastor. I did not mention her name. Dr. Gina M. Dr. Gina At Christ Missionary Baptist Church, pastor in 28 years. I love my pastor. Come on uh, now. But what works at CNBC may not work at NBC City. So exactly. for us, Facebook is still one of our greatest tools. Um, our page is still good. And then what where we try to make community happen is in our Facebook group. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where some of the intimacy takes place because our page is more, it's not for announcements. I tell people, please don't just use your Facebook stuff for announcements only, but that's where we will post our reels, you know, sermon stuff. There are some flyers and cause sometimes you can't get around that stuff, but I, I, and I tell churches, you probably should just use, put about 10% uh, worth of announcements, if you will. Like if you got a hundred percent, only 10% of that should be your announcements. That's right. On social media. Uh, but uh, the other 90 is engaging. And so social media works. Uh, we are just getting ready to get on board with glue. I am so excited about glue. I know you all know about it because you interviewed him. I watched yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you interviewed the glue CEO. Glue. I, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Glue, I'm finding out, is a wonderful tool. And I'm excited about what we'll be able to do on the digital discipleship spectrum with glue. Yes. Um you know, in, in reaching in terms of reaching people. So I would advise, I'm going to go tell everybody I know about glue. Um, and here's so, why you need to know about glue people of God. Mm-hmm. Glue on its initial, I believe doesn't cost you anything to use. Nothing. That Nothing is my pastor. Could she called? I text her. I said, I think we want, I want to switch to this. And she said, how much? I said, I think it's free at least for what we want to use it for right now. And she called me immediately. It's like, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, I think it's free. free. I said, there's some paid. Th-. She said, well, how do they make their money? I said, well, you know, and I told her. Hey. <laughs> I said, but if I'm not mistaken, free. I think, you know, so. So it's a wonderful platform. So now so now we're talking about free tools that mm-hmm. a church mid-size on the up and coming needs some help tool-wise. Facebook, I, I can't stress enough. Let me let me ride the wave on that. Okay. A lot of y'all, a lot of people think that Facebook is obsolete. I'm here to correct that misnomer. Mm-hmm. Instagram is Facebook. Mm-hmm. WhatsApp is Facebook. Mm-hmm. All these things are owned by the bigger conglomerate Meta. Right. So while you think, okay, they have all of these, you know, challenges and they blocking videos because you play music. No, get smart about how you. Mm-hmm. how you show your stuff. So if you know you have a full service on there, cut the music out and just play the sermon. The mm-hmm. sermon will exist and the sermon can stay up on the page and then use your clips on the Instagrams, the YouTubes, the reels and all this other stuff that you right. want to create, right? Yeah. So it's just to piggyback on that. I yeah. often tell, tell people, um, you know, you have to think about what you're doing ahead of time. Absolutely. So you can't, you can't just throw things up there. You have to plan and so you may want to avoid really where you get in trouble with Facebook is playing those verbatim recorded tracks that'll That's get right. you muted and, and take it down. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes people want to, they say they want to dance to a certain track. And I say, well, maybe we'll let the band play that for you or something, because That's if right. we just play this, they will take us down now. And I, I say to pass, if you're okay with our stream being taken down, let's go for it. Let's go but for there's it. a strong possibility that they're going to cut it. So, yeah. Yeah. And point. you got you got to always be prepared for that. Again, that's mm-hmm. another free tool. 
Instagram right. and stuff, free tools. So we're bringing up all of these free tools. Right. Now here's um, going to be the question that somebody's going to ask. You got another? Mm-hmm. You got some more tools you want to ask? No, no, no. I, I was thinking, but go ahead. I was question. thinking about some. Mm-hmm. How do you manage all of these tools? Sometimes <laughs> they manage me, DK. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> It's a lot to keep up with, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital ministry is can be overwhelming. And yes. so from a personal perspective, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about how my staff is structured. I have a staff of about 15, uh, but that's on a rotation and that's on yes. Sunday. Yes. I, I, it's me and one other person during the week, right, uh, who is the graphic artist for our church. And so I am social media manager. I am content creator. I am the editor. All And so what I have to do to manage all of these tools so that they don't manage me is yes. create a schedule, a strict schedule for myself. Right. Talk about and so, it. And so Tuesday is my batch day. That's where I sit down. And because I'm off on Mondays, I would do it on Mondays, but I just try to hold something. So Monday is my off day. <laughs> uh, and so Tuesday I sit down and I I edit everything that needs to go out for the for the week or the following week. And I don't get out of my chair till it's done. And so I'm done and I schedule it. Schedulers are the will of God. Mm -hmm. You have Agora Pulse is a scheduler I use sometimes. Hootsuite, obviously. Uh, There's another scheduler I can't think of it. I came across. Yeah. You have Sprout Social. You have Metro Pool. Yes. Um, You have you could go on and on. Really. And then Facebook, right? Facebook, Facebook is scheduled. And let's not forget also Canva, a free one. You can yes. use Canva to do yes. your posting if you can't afford one of these things that we just mentioned. Yes. Right, right. I love Canva. And Canva is free for churches. Canva Pro is free for churches and 501c3s, I believe. Let's stop right there. Hey, church, okay. if okay. you don't know it yet, yes. here's a free drop to Canva. Yes. Let me break it down for you what you need to do. I'm going to help you. Help you need to go boldly to Canva's nonprofit website. I mean, go boldly. Yes. <laughs> okay, go boldly. There's going to be something you got to fill out. You're going to need your 501c3 status to fill out the documentation. Mm-hmm. You're going to submit it. And if you submit it correctly, three to five days, yep. you'll have a Canva account. I think 10 users can get on that Canva account. 50. 50. I got okay. 50. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. 50 users mm-hmm. can get on that Canva account. So that's a that's a whole entire church body. They can yes. use some graphic design stuff that they don't have to necessarily bother you with all day. They can mm-hmm. do some of that stuff and then get it approved through right. Canva. That's your free plug. Canva start yes. paying us so right. we'll start talking about your stuff more. <laughs> yes, it's not an ad. <laughs> um, so that's 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 really dope mm-hmm. uh, in terms of tools. So here's another one. What tools are you using to be intentional about discipleship? I'm going to add glue to that list right now Um, because glue has, I'm finding in my research, I have a meeting with them today to really figure out uh, more about how we can take advantage of it. Right. But what I found on my own research is uh, they have these hubs and you can do, you can start series that send mass text messages to your community where you can do Bible reading, devotional reading, all of that kind of stuff. So glue is at the top of my list right now. Um, Another tool, this is this is an editor's tool, but it does help me to do what I do, which is Final Cut Pro. I don't know if that answers your question. That's or, great. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and and in conjunction in conjunction with Final Cut Pro, which helps me 
in my creativity. Um, this is paid, but it's motion array. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. And it's another one I can't think of. I can't think of it. Oh, free motion church. No church media drop.com or church That's motion. Free. What is it? Church motion. Yep. Church That's motion. Free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. free, free tools. Church media drop.com is also free. Yeah. So listen, y'all, we've given y'all excellent tools. We've given y'all some breakdown of theology and technology, what it means to us. Uh, so let's talk about how we can improve digital discipleship. Uh, I know that's one of the things that we talked mm -hmm. about offline. And mm -hmm. I think the tools are going to help. I think scheduling our stuff will help. What it's other things staff. will also help? Say again? Some, some, some staffing. Um, I, my church is fortunate enough that, again, this this is my call. I'm passionate about it. Some churches are not always so fortunate to have someone like myself or you who are yeah. passionate, who are responsible, you know, mm -hmm. who see it as a call, right? Yes. You have some who see it as a job. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage pastors to identify people, uh, if they don't have one already, who would take it seriously as if it's a call and then have yes. that person, you know, begin to develop yes. people around them to uh, hopefully catch the spirit that they have yes. um, and, and take it seriously as a call as well. So I think developing your staff, your production mm -hmm. staff to see it beyond a job, see it as more than a job, but see it mm -hmm. as a, as a call, uh, even if it's a call for just Sunday morning, yes. but, understanding that it has far greater implications be because the person you're just pressing the button now or tilting the camera up now, whatever, but there'll be someone, there will be someone on Wednesday at three in the morning who is wondering if their marriage is going to make it mm. and they'll stroll up. They're scrolling on, on Facebook or Instagram and they see a message from your pastor who's talking about, you know, how God can save marriages or how, you know, yes. It sounds kind of whimsical, or, but it happens, you know, yes. it, it happens. And so what we are doing is far greater. And so long way around staffing Staff. um, and, and just being resourceful and intentional, mm -hmm. uh, staying abreast of what's happening. You know, um, you have a book. You probably could speak to this more than I can because you just released a book on digital discipleship. Seven yeah. steps, right? I did yeah. my homework. I told you I'm, I'm about a book. And I'm I love that. I've been, I have been diving into this idea of digital discipleship. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of us, you know, if we're honest about, you know, what resources we need, I think what you're mentioning, people, uh, people processes and systems are going to always be at the forefront of that. But I think what our people need from us, because mm -hmm. we talk about stuff we need from them, they need from us is they need the relational hands-on approach that says, mm -hmm. I know you're serving alongside of me, but I mm -hmm. want you to know that I love you and I'm here yeah. to walk with you. I want to see you be the best version of yourself for right. the kingdom of God. And I want to help you be a better leader so that you can help develop leaders. That mm -hmm. is the biblical approach. Mm -hmm. That is the sum total of what Christ calls us to do is to be multipliers of ourselves. Right. And that's when you have those great leaders that can do that. So yeah. that's been one of the things that I've been wrestling with in the digital discipleship area is if I am doing all the work, then there's no time to disciple. Mm -hmm. So I need to give up some work. 
so right. I can start pouring back into people and discipling yeah. them yeah. the correct way so they can do some of the things that I need done. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's one of the things I think. Del- delegation is not easy. It's but, not. <laughs> yeah. But do you want somebody to roll up on you saying, hey, what you're doing is hurting you yeah. and hurting the people. <laughs> that That's good practice and good mm-hmm. theology. Am I? That's a good, that's really good. It's what I'm doing, helping or hurting the people. Mm-hmm. And if it's hurting them, I need to really reconcile what I'm doing and make it look better and do better mm-hmm. um, as, as a whole. But if I'm looking at like the book as a whole, I think um, really I'm a system process guy. Mm-hmm. So really understanding, like you mentioned on Monday, and we'll talk more offline about this because I think I got some tools that's going to help you. Okay. But on Monday, I would say, this is me, Sunday, I'm done with all of my work for mm-hmm. the week. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm too done. wiped out on Sunday, DK. I can't do it. I, I, <laughs> I can't do it. When I come home from church, I cannot. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I'm wiped so, out. And sometimes, that's, sometimes I am wiped. Yeah. But for the most part, Sunday before 7, I can produce most of the content for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a system in place that allows okay. me to do that. Okay. I'm going to share it with you offline. All right. And then other folks who need it, y'all just have to email me later and I will share it with you. Okay. But well, give, us, system, give us a little tidbit of it. Cool. Okay. My system is connected to AI. And I use portions I want to of talk AI. About okay. I use portions of AI to help me funnel okay. or facilitate certain tasks and projects that will take me a long okay. time to do. You and I both know when you get that 45 to an hour minute uh, sermon, that's a lot to consume. Yes, yes. So how can I break (laughs) this up and eat the elephant piece by piece by piece by piece Mm -hmm. in order to find great content? Because I have a thing, too. Ooh, I'm getting excited. I have a thing, too, about people who are editing videos and how unsaved they are. And it it shows itself. Yes. And the way that you cut that video. Correct. Correct. Because those who are in the business, love God, love God's people, love their pastor. We're not looking for virality every time that we cut a video. Mm-hmm. We're you looking got the for message. impact. You impact, right. Right. So that's that's what helps. And so there are there are tools. There are descript as one tool that I use uh, that I love. It's a new tool out. Okay. That's AI. But descript allows me to go in and let's say take a three minute video and start adding video layers to it that may be funny for my pastor Mm -hmm. to create more engagement, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I want to go in there and edit some of the stuff, I can do it in Descript. Or the most powerful thing that I can do in Descript is take something that is transcription and use transcription to create content for the entire week. Because some Mm -hmm. of us are wasting transcriptions and here it is. We're looking for more stuff. The stuff is right here. All we got to do right. is put it on a nice background. So that's my right. snippet. Okay. Of what yeah. I love that you, I don't know if we can talk about AI for a second, but um, it's, it's probably, obviously, I'm sure you get this question a lot too. It's, sure. What do, what do you think about AI is the question I have been getting the most yeah. the last six months. And I just did a, a, a keynote talk on um making an impact in an AI world. I think I, it was making a real impact in an AI world. And when I just got, I, I was just talking about how, again, that model versus mission idea and 
and and that idea of the medium is not trying to taint the message, but we are trying to use the medium to propel the message and AI being one of those mediums or tools. Uh, And after that talk, this lady came up to me and was like, but AI is trying to change the word of God. And I was thinking, how can AI change? I just said, ma'am. But she was an older woman, uh, probably in her 70s. And I could understand. Again, I know people have fear around technology. Part of it is because we fear what we don't understand. Uh, And then, of course, AI has a dark side. Uh, but what I always tell people is AI is not new. It is just that they are giving it to you now in a way that you can use it too. Because if you have a cell phone and you say, Hey Siri, and we've been saying that for years now, that's AI. That's AI. You walk in your house and you say, Alexa, turn on the lights. I do it all the time. Or Alexa, what's the weather? She's going to talk, talk to you. That's AI. I mean, all our, our, there's AI in our televisions and microwaves. I mean, it's been around for a while. And so I think that part of our responsibility as digital pastors, as yeah. people who work in ministry, people yeah. who are um, trying to grow uh, serious talking to me now, <laughs> people who are just trying to grow their ministries and add the component of digital discipleship. Part of our responsibility is kind of to help disarm some of their fear yeah. around AI. And as you said, use it to help show people how it can be used in ways that will help the ministry, uh, or as I heard someone say, use it as an intern. Uh, it's not, it's not there to try to do all of the work or replace, but use it as a help. And like you said, it helps you in your, your workflow. Yeah. So now you go, baby. All right. I'm gonna go. Cool. Okay. So if we're using standard AI, Dolly, I think it's mind drift, mid drift, mm-hmm. like that. I'm not sure what it is. Something that makes actual art. Mm-hmm. Um, those things cannot work without prompts. Right. Yeah. You just need, you gotta have, you gotta know what to say to do it. Now, mm-hmm. let's throw this in here for free. Does AI, can AI read the Bible yet? And let me go ahead and hit you right across your eyeballs mm-hmm. and tell you it can. It does. I, it, I, does. I, it does for me all the time. <laughs> it does. <laughs> On my Bible lab, I hit play. Okay. So, so now we're talking about, okay, so now AI, if you get ChatGPT4, this is a free little thing. Yeah. Y'all do ChatGPT4. There's Which a is also app. a tool. It's also a tool. But, There's a Bible app right there and say, hey, tell me about this. Mm-hmm. And I can use that and it's the description and say, now create me something mm-hmm. that I can use to support my church. So, if you remember back in the day, because uh, I'm old school Baptist, so I can speak. To okay. okay. So back in the day, we used to have the Sunday school books. Yeah. yeah. And there was somebody, because my, my old school pastor used to write for the Sunday school board. And he would sit in that office and write days upon days, making mm-hmm. sure that lesson was right and strategic. What took him a week takes me now 25 minutes to wow. create. And so yeah. now... I look at AI and say, now I can create curriculum for my context. Mm-hmm. I can create course descriptions for my context. I can have resources because that's what discipleship really is, resourcing and relationship. I can have resources mm-hmm. for people in my context that they can pull, use at any time, three o'clock in the morning, pull this down, go through, let's say Pastor Gina Stewart did a sermon mm-hmm. series on um, stewardship. Mm-hmm. Right. Or generosity. So 
So now a person is like, you know what? I just need some help. Okay, cool. Here's a resource. Let's read over that. Let's talk through that. And now this tool has helped me break down, do all kind of stuff that I, that would normally take me much years to do. And so mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's the person by which who uses the AI tool. Right. Right. That kind of go, goes a different direction. That, that makes me think about, I'm not sure if you're familiar with John Dyer. He's a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. He yep. wrote a book. What is the name of his book? It's all about theology of technology, actually. He's one of the pioneers in the space. Um, okay. I can't, it's like the garden in the city. I can't think of the name of his book right now. His name is John Dyer, though. But he talks about, and I don't know if I, I completely agree with everything, but he talks about kind of what you were, you just mentioned about how the tools um, kind of shape you as you use them. He talks about that idea of what you just said as, as if, or what you just said, rather, about AI um, being what you make it, kind of. If you decide to use it in that way, then it'll be there for you. But if you use it in a way that is life-giving or in a way that helps you, then it'll be that for you. Uh, but it's this idea of the tools. He's, he says, he argues that you can't really use the tools without them changing you in a way. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but uh, that's his argument. John Dyer, if you go to his mm-hmm. website, j.hn slash publications, you will see from the garden to the city. From the garden to the city. The place of technology and the story of God. Mm-hmm. So I would I, I'll go see if I can find John Dyer here in my area. I'm trying to look yeah, him up. I w- he I was going to take a class from him. Uh, he was going to be teaching on theology of technology this semester, but he got canceled. I I was going oh, to I'm Dallas. Gonna, I'm going to send him an email. Yeah, I need. Mm-hmm. I'm glad for that reference. I need to talk to John Dyer, especially yeah. if he's in the city and I'm in Dallas. So mm-hmm. this has been a really dope conversation. Again, this is Social Media Church with BK Hammonds, my co-host Niels and Aaron. Are not in, but I have the lovely Dr. Stacey Dandridge uh, is here with us. So, in closing, what what's some things that you want the people to know in your closing remarks? That God can um, transform the world through technology, and that technology is also not here to replace your physical in-person uh, meetings or things that you're used to, but technology is here to enhance those. Uh, and that technology is not going to dethrone God. God is still on the throne and God is still uh, in charge. Share with us some of your social media handles where people can connect with you. And if you have resources so, to buy, what can they find? What can they connect with you at? I don't have resources to buy yet. I'm working on it because yes. you have inspired me. <laughs> DK. Uh, but I do run a blog. It's called the Digital Church Blog. It is my passion project. Uh, I don't have as much time to write on it as I wish I had. Yeah. But Christ Missionary is my priority. Uh, and it, it is a full time job. Yeah. As you know, DK, I'm I don't so know how you're doing it for two churches. <laughs> I'm telling you. And you have four children and a wife. Yeah. God talk, bless you. <laughs> okay. But my, my social media handles are I'm S as in Stacy, D as in David, Dandridge, my last name. So that's S D Dandridge on social media platforms or Stacy Dandridge. You'll you'll find me. And my, my blog is the digital church blog dot com. Love it. Love it. Listen, Dr. Stacy, we appreciate you for coming on and sharing with us. We thank you guys for listening. We hope Thank you for having me. We hope this has been 
in Richmond. And please make sure you connect with Dr. Stacy. She's a great resource to have, whether it be on threads, whether it be on Instagram, whether it be on Facebook, connect with her. And I promise you, yes. her presence alone will bless your life. And we hope that you will continue to just stay connected to Social Media Church. I'm DK Hammonds. We out. Peace.